Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Are you as big a fan of lit RPGs as I am? Well, in this podcast, you're going to love this author. He is an international bestseller, Michael Chatfield. He is an army veteran who enjoys long walks in foreign countries and some good beer with good video games at night. He writes character-driven, fast-paced series spanning fantasy, science fiction, and lit RPG. He focuses on bringing a realism and depth to stories that bring his worlds alive. He is currently working on the fantasy epic Ten Realms, following two veterans dropped into a fantasy world, the science fiction builder's legacy, and about a group of gamers playing in the biggest MMORPG of their lives. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Michael. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, Michael. I'm super happy and excited to have you on and uh, and to dive deep into the fantasy world of the Epic Ten Realms. Now, when you're talking about doing the whole Ten Realms or you're creating the Ten Realms, did you have the, the scope of it in mind? Because I know as you go through the book series, you kind of level up through the realms. Or how did you come up with the Ten Realms concept? Um, I think it was kind of like, you know how in some video games, every 10 levels, you get a new like area you unlock and that kind of thing. And the map gets mm -hmm. a little bigger. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was great. And then the problem was, was that I just used worlds instead of like small regions that you would have on like, yeah. you know, a normal MMORPG. Yeah. Um, so it kind of spiraled from there. But it was also like it allowed me to go, OK, we're going to have a jump and we're going to see something entirely new, entirely different. And it allowed me to change up like we're going to have different kind of cities, different kind of cultures. And mm. I just love that getting. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's quite the scope. And I, I, for me, as I was going through the book series and I could see like, you know, one realm closes, one book closes, kind of stepping into the next one. You know, I really like that. And I, and I, but I also saw there's like a progression of different types of realms that they go through, say maybe one's more for alchemy, one's more for war, one's more for X or Y or Z. Did you, did you create that as an outline to kind of for, for staggering the power levels or what inspires the different realms and the creation of the different worlds along the path? most of it was pretty organic um uh -huh. when i started off the only thing i really had was the levels how uh -huh. they were going to get experience the skills and like all the stat stuff yeah um and then i actually wrote a, a test and there was just eric by himself uh -huh. and then i didn't like that so i, I brought rugrat along for the ride and then mm -hmm. that kind of started the 10 realms as we know it um but the knowing like the third mm. realm becoming like the alchemy realm, that mm. was just, it kind of happened. It seemed <laughs> um, it, it, like, you know, when you like look at something, you're just like, oh, that works. And then mm. you just go, okay, here, here you go. And you're not, you're like very surprised yourself that it works and you go, I, I guess this is the way it's going to be. Um, and like I had alluded to, I think like the, the, I, battlefield realm like the war realm yeah um earlier in like i think the second realm and then it was like it just grew of okay that was an idea but now i have to like build upon it and then it became oh that's actually like way to go past me like you did good like like but most of the time it's the characters who actually determine that yeah. they say something and then i'll get to the end of the day of like writing and i'll go oh i'm gonna have to follow that up now aren't i and it's like <laughs> the characters are just like, I guess so, sucker. And I'm like, 
It's just my life. There's there is there a do you feel like you have conversations with these characters like Eric and Rugrat or like is there a thing where you actually have kind of like a mental dialogue with them where you kind of work to kind of mastermind the book creations or do you feel like it is still you creating the actual characters? Um I don't know if it's so much a conversation as yeah. like holding on to a bucking bronco and just seeing what happens um most of the time like i'll go and i'll have the characters do yeah. something yeah. and i have a plan when i start at least yeah. and i'm like i'm pretty sure they're going to end up here at the end and then they're just like nope <laughs> and you go like you know like classic D D campaigns where you have like that carefully plotted out entire game and then like cardboard cutout character and you're like why just what I, I i spent hours on this entire campaign and now i'm just gonna have to rough it so yeah. I kind of just stopped planning stuff and just started writing the bull more and seeing where it happens. Like there's no way to control Rugrat, that's for sure. And then <laughs> Eric's just as crazy, but he's just quiet about it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's other, okay, there's several ways I can take this conversation, but looking at one, being the fact that you're like you're you're a D and D master, kind of making this game plan. You're like, I put all this time creating the city. You're standing outside this giant city with this huge palace, and they go, "What's that to the left? Oh, fields. We're gonna go into the fields." And then now you have to kind of plan that out. Do you, you're talking about not planning, like so. There's no outline as you go to create these things. Like you don't you ever come across a situation where you write yourself in a corner, or you write yourself into a situation where you're like, "Oh crap, I'm now at a place where." I actually haven't really thought this through or this doesn't quite match my hard magic system. How does that work? So um, the I'll break into the, the hard magic system and the rules of the world are always yeah. engaged. So I, I can't break them. So I'll always be like, okay, what's the like the line I could run here of what they can do. Uh -huh. So it makes it, it much more D and D in that way. If you go, okay, well I'm in this situation. What can I do in this situation? Um, Whereas like walking into corners, um, that definitely has happened once yeah. or twice. Um, like the current series I'm working on right now, uh, there's like moments where I go and I write something, I'll sit down and I go, I can't do that. I need to change that to like get them in at least somewhat of the direction that they're supposed to go. Um, but I kind of set like goalposts of like there's certain events where I go, mm. I really want to see this. Like, I feel like the characters, this scene really fits them. And they would like, like the, this would be such a cool piece of dialogue. It can even be. And I just go, I want to get that really cool piece of dialogue. So I need to set up that scene, which means I need to have this and this and this happen. And then those the kind of things thread back. And then it's just like dragging them slightly. Mm. But then also they'll find their way. Like it's, it's a bit of yin and yang of there's a goal to get there is great, but to do it too much, like every little step, it kind of falls apart. Got it. So, so you get some, some sort of random inspiration. So, uh, imagine, I don't know, uh, 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 Eric is, is holding up Rugrat from the top of a mountain with his pants and he's butt naked or something like that. And you're like, Oh, that'd be a great scene. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you, then you just, okay, how do I get to that scene along the path? And they're not even near a mountain. Okay. Well, they've got a, find a quest or a mission purpose, seek a dungeon. And then you kind of mm -hmm. work your way to, towards that goal because you really want to emphasize that moment in time. And so is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like it's just, and you'll get to those points. And sometimes 
the goal will actually work. And uh -huh. sometimes you go, I've got a better scene. And then the characters will take you there. So you really have to kind of leave yourself open to just where is it going to go, which mm -hmm. makes it a lot of fun because I think that's why the characters are like, they're like, they're, there's so much to grab onto because not only is the reader doing that, I'm doing it at the same time because like, I don't think really the characters are a part of me. I'm just really like when I, when I write it, I am literally seeing the scene and it's like, you know, when you have like the 3D cam in Halo where mm -hmm. you can like build stuff, it's literally like I pause everything and then just take a circle and go, okay, so they're fighting over here. They're doing this. So this person's doing this. And it's like, or, or like the, you know, uh, Marvel where they do the spin cam and you just go, okay, so that's how that works. And then you hit play and then you just follow it along. Ah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, and I, I'm, one thing that I'm super fascinated by is this, ability for authors such as yourself to be able to construct such a power powerful internal world that you're actually just going through it and you're experiencing it and your characters are off to the races like 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 rugrat just diving into battle or doing something just you know like a like a crazy army you know gentleman just going off into the, the races so have have you always had the ability to craft these internal narrative world or at what point did you were you able to kind of use this superpower um i think it really came about by reading a lot mm. just like an inordinate amount of reading because you kind of get a feel like you can read uh, the quality test of 100 pages right you read 100 pages of book and you know 100 percent if you're going to like it or hate it usually it's more like 10 but it's like you can know where it is right and so like with a magic system you you you've had that feeling where you're like mm, there's something something not quite right here right mm -hmm. and then you go sometimes you're like oh this is juicy this is this is so interesting i can understand it and it clicks so like, i'm building a magic system right now and it's going okay how does this come together and it's it's like tasting things like i guess like it's how like a chef does it if you taste it a bunch of times and then you go that needs salt, that needs pepper, that needs paprika, you know, like those different combinations to bring it together. Um, I think also just like, don't let your imagination die. Because like, one thing uh, that's a good exercise I always think of is like, if you can actually like, feel something, like wow. you can hold out your hand and like, you can feel like a hemp material. And you can go, okay, well, I can feel that that is the basis and the building cornerstone of everything because then you can go well, i can feel that i can feel it in my hand i can feel it on my arm and then you can go okay well then i could also feel a hand grenade i could also feel a sword is the sword wrapped with leather is it wrapped with like uh time you know it, and then you just extrapolate that and then instead of being in your shoes, you're in someone else's shoes because you're feeling the same things as them. Mm. And then it's just relating those two. Mm, that's super interesting. Yeah. There is a, a chef in the kitchen. By the way, I I, I, I used to be in the food business. I, I ran my own like food truck and now I'm in the, the virtual reality business. So I build my own games and stuff like that. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, a grown up big kid as a, as a profession, uh, burgers and video games. Uh, but one thing that that reminded me of is when I was first trying to figure out how to be a chef is um, one of the things I do is like you grab like a you grab like a hard boiled egg and then you have like a spice rack and you put one spice on it and you taste it you're like that's paprika 
right? That's mm -hmm. time. That's whatever. And what you're talking about is sampling these items to where, you know, if someone said, okay, you know, trying to be a chef to cook in the kitchen, but you've, all you've ever had is chicken fingers your entire life. It's very difficult to kind of, you know, be able to sample and know those flavors and have them ingrained in your psyche. Are, when you're talking about sampling a lot of these different inordinate amount of books, do you continue to do that? If there's areas that you have dark spaces in your mind, do you go and sample more books still? Or can you talk to me about how you, how do you, how do you have that writer's palette? Yeah. Like I would definitely say like, um, always read and always be comfortable to read and watch things you're not comfortable with. So, um, th th this actually came as a, a, as a revelation from one of my friends. Um, and he was saying that he, like, there's, there's books and there's TV shows that he absolutely hates. And he's like, but I have to now sit down and I have to figure out why I hate it. And I was like, why do you do that to yourself? And he goes, because if I know why I hate it, I can see why I hate it. And I was like, so it's, it's kind of like the thing of you have to know the good and the bad to know where you sit and is actually that thing really bad or mm. is it just you're uncomfortable with it? Um, like I know that like in my younger years, I was like romantic movies like PS, I love you. Like all that. I was like, Ooh, ugh. There's drama. There's all this stuff going on. Why can't they just tell one another, like, be clear, like, get it across. And then now I'm just like, that's great because the tension there, that drama, that's, that's, that's a specific thing that makes uh, that entire genre possible. Yeah. And it's a, such a strength, but I hate it. Like, like still to me right now, I go, I'll, I'll be like seeing it and I'm just like, okay, I'll watch it. But like, there's just moments where I go like, just tell them, just stop stop hurting my brain and tell them but that's that's the enjoyment for people and so you gotta you gotta do that so yeah, i don't know if i would have like some spices you know like like ghost chili peppers on eggs that might be a, a little interesting <laughs> that's so funny this is by such a boy conversation you know girls are like what do you mean no we like, like the mystery is it gonna work out like girls love to find that uh the soap operas you know the the bachelorette or whatever the things are they're they're into it and for me i'm just like no stop the drama but we like different drama right we want to see the mm -hmm. power leveling we love to see the fantasy we really like to see it you know there's there's points in the in the in the, in the book series where your characters like lose their powers you're like no mm -hmm. right and then, you know they're able to get their powers back or whatever happens and those things for us are are uh are fascinating and i i do agree with you uh i uh there are certain genres that like i i feel uncomfortable watching that make me cringe mm -hmm. but at the same time i still like you know i still face up to that in some degree there's a lot of ones i do avoid I, I definitely don't watch all of the um and there's no knock there's some some people enjoy the bachelor or whatever it might be and that's that's great for them but i never i never really thought about it to come from a perspective of this is making me feel something and because it's making me feel something allows me to deconstruct how I'm feeling, which gives me more insights to myself. So it's not necessarily about the material, but it's about how I react to the material and understanding how that material has an effect on me. And it's also, you can use it in two ways because uh -huh. you can say, okay, I hate this thing. Now I can use that to make other people hate something that I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And there's also like, when you look at it, the tension in an action movie, and the tension in a romance movie is the same. It's 
you have a goal, you have something that you really want to achieve, there's something blocking you from achieving it, and the good or bad of the entire thing is based upon how delicious that tension is to get that achieved goal. Mm. Yeah, and also goes down to the motivations of the of the person and the player and how relatable that is for them, right? Mm -hmm. If 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 it's us, you know, uh, yearning about I don't know if it, it like a, like a female drama is the motivations for what they want is you know can be around say taming the dragon of some male bravado, right? The the rich billionaire who is a you know uh, a, abusive or whatever, uh, you know the Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing, right? For us, it's like meh. I mean. I may be speaking out of turn, but that that to me doesn't it's not my motivation. But but the other characters like Eric and these power leveling systems where it feels like there's like this inner gamer kid inside of me who really enjoys going through the 10 realms and watching them power up and watching them cultivate and watching them grow and then, and then watching these new things happen that unfold. And then how do they apply it in new and innovative ways to me that there's a there's a thrill in it. I don't I don't fully understand why I enjoy that. Um, but do you, do you, when you're creating these characters, are you, are you constructing their motivations ahead of time or how do you, how do you know the, the, their values and their motivations and the player sets and how to drive them through a, through the, the narrative of the book? That's a great question. And I don't think I have an answer. Um, <laughs> Fair. most of, most of the time, like, like when I, I deal with the characters, like, because they're very formed and like I'm because I'm following them. Huh. You can see their personalities through their actions. Um, there's usually going to be some core traits uh, based upon their life and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's about being authentic to who they are, their life and their experiences. Mm -hmm. And also it kind of shapes the world in a huge way because yeah. I know that we've all read books and the, the, the the place is great and the character doesn't fit or the character is great and the place doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And so those two things really need to line up so that it makes sense. Like I knew with the 10 realms that it was going to be harsh and rough. So I needed someone that could deal with those hardships that could deal with, okay, you're not going to have running water. You're not going to have electricity. You're not going to have these, these mostly like basic human uh, things that we take for granted right now mm -hmm. in the first world. But it's like, when you have that, you change it and then you go, okay, now you also got to learn a whole different system. Mm. So it's like, okay, I gotta have military guys doing this because then they've got that. It's they're used to that nitty gritty. They're going to be able to like, like deal with these things. Um, and then I, I know like just like some things like, okay, well, he's going to, Rugrat was going to be for an, from an immigrant family. Uh, Eric was kind of estranged from his parents because I was like, I just didn't want to really have to deal with them because like there was even a feeling of like, they're like he's he's in this position because he's doing like a big screw you to someone else. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly feeling. It's not really mm -hmm. they're this archetype, they're this personality. But then afterwards, I can go in and I can go, okay, they're definitely this personality, they're definitely this person. But it's it's just like meeting anyone, right? You go yeah. through a series of conversations, you figure out who they are. Yeah. So you're discovering a bit of the characters are, how they react to these different types of situations. There's 
there's a moment um when you know there's no it's not really a spoiler or anything um when, but where like um uh rugrat loses his abilities right and then he gets mm -hmm. down on himself right and then he and then he starts to do like i think a bunch of push-ups right that because mm -hmm. he wants if he wants to be able to feel the pain because he's got this thing where he needs to be strong for the people around him but he's also depressed on himself but then he puts himself through this kind of pain and suffering to get himself to kind of use that pain as fuel to go through yeah. the situation is that does that come from your military background or does that come from understanding the character type and then driving them through the situation going oh this is how he would deal with the situation of feeling powerless when he's normally a powerful character um a combination of both definitely mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also kind of, it was dealing with like that, um, that alpha psyche that we're always taught, taught about is, is heavily reinforced of like, okay, so you have to be the top of your game. Mm -hmm. And then I know that I've seen it when there's been guys who have been injured and everyone's told, Hey, you need to be at the top of your game. And so instead of actually taking an injury break, they will go 110% to prove they're not injured and then injure themselves more. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we've seen that from like, there's like, everyone's seen someone who's got something to prove mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm, I'm just not going to care. And it, it's, it's self harm in like a proving sort of way. Um, and yeah, I, I also wanted to bring it up because it was like, okay, this is a thing that happens. And now you can see the outside of it mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to be like, okay, so this happened and he's just going to shrug it off. Yeah. And it's like, this is actually how he would do it. And he'd just be mean to himself. He's like, oh, you're, you're weak, get stronger. And this is <laughs> like a very rudimentary way of like, well, you're going to get stronger. You're going to, you're going to take this pain. You're going to be, you're fine with this. And it's like a, a self prove to himself, which is yeah. highly toxic, but yeah. yeah totally. I'm like, I think there was a moment where I started doing push-ups, listening to him like, yeah, let's go. Come on. You know? <laughs> With but, yeah, it, it, but it, it's motivation and it's yeah. also like a thing of going okay that's that's how he works that's how he operates mm -hmm. but he's also a good person yeah. and it's it's just this like kind of situation he's found himself in well there's this there's this masculine side of which i thought was i mean i don't call it toxic but there's this masculine side where you 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 want to be able to support you want to be a, a strong pillar with the people around you and when you're weak you you're, you're trying to like you know do it and you feel this pain and I, I thought it was an interesting way that he channeled the pain into something that was like productive to kind of get himself to shake off that depression you know and trying to shake mm -hmm. off depression with anger you know it may i don't know if it's, it might not be the healthiest way to go about it you know maybe it could have cultivated or something but i, I thought it was an interesting you know it's a i mean the, that you know, you're right, could happen with any type of injury, um, you know, especially with army and, or any other type of stuff. Uh, a question about this. I've noticed that like you and uh, TJ Reynolds and um, Dakota Crowd, a lot of army military backgrounds. What's the what do you think is the commonality between the military background, getting into lit RPG and things like that? Is that just a is that just a coincidence or do you think that there's a certain piece from the army or the military that aids into getting into this this type of genre um i'm not sure uh i know like yeah like i it's heavily dominated uh by military guys um mm -hmm. at least i know quite a few of them are mm -hmm. the i think a part of it comes into we love numbers um because like when you're told anything like you can recite off like information about every single weapon system you deal with 
So you actually have a, a block there, but it's also, we love video games. I like, there's a lot of military guys who no matter what play video games. Like I know a lot of guys who were deployed to Afghanistan and they were playing wow. Um, and like, and like other stuff, like, cause they were like, well, I get to hang out with my girlfriend and play wow. Or, or like, you know, do like stuff like that. And then it was blow off steam or like, you will be around the country because you've been deployed different places and you still want to play with your buddies. So you jump on the same game and then do that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if there's anything that helps or hinders it, but mm -hmm. it might also be that like kind of, uh, the aspect of like knowing violence a little bit, because it's also like little RPG is usually about fighting in some way. Yeah, and sure. so we've been taught it. Some people have dealt with it. Um, so that might make it a little bit easier because it's one thing of like, I was talking to David Weber and he was saying like, you can like get experience in something by either living it, which is the fastest or researching it. And I was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like you have to research a lot to get into like that kind of fighting mind mindset, or if you've experienced it, then it's very quick and you don't have to be in the military to do that. But I think definitely it's probably the easiest way to get it. Oh, that's interesting. That's a, it's an interesting um, trifecta or, you know, confluence of interests and skills that come together at once. You're, you're actually are in combat, right? You have stats and numbers and things that you care about inside there mm -hmm. because there is a bit of achievement based levels ranking. I mean, there is a lot of structure, to the military that makes a lot of sense. And then you have the blowing off steam by playing video games in there. And there's also that discipline uh, thing that comes in as well around the getting things done, being able to sit down and do a task, which might aid for you to sit down and write. And so you, you kind of put all those things into a pot and then mm -hmm. out might, might come a, a possible lit RPG author. Um, it's really interesting to see the- Yeah, it, it definitely, I think it makes it easier um, but like, even I, when we were starting, like all of us were just like talking to one another and then like someone was like, talked about something, I think it was James and Dakota were talking about. So James and ex-Marine and Dakota's ex-comms, right? And the two of them started talking and then everyone around the table was like, that guy's a Marine, that guy's Army, that guy's Navy. And it was just like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay, well, we didn't know this because, you know, we're all wearing like civilian clothes and stuff. But then we're like, oh. Okay, that makes so much sense. And we're just like, but yeah, it was it was a surprise to us, right? No, no, don't get into a fight with a lit RPG author. <laughs> well, well, you you could, um, but it would be very funny because all of us are just like, I don't want to. <laughs> we're we're all so broken that we're like, oh no, like seriously, like I'm I'm gonna run the other way. I'm yeah. so done. It's <laughs> uh, so funny. So okay, the um couple of questions along this line. So one, I do want to dive into the the pieces of inspiration for your systems, for your magical systems, like what video games and other ones were that were the biggest inspirations for you to kind of create the systems the magic systems and everything around your, your world, let's say with the, the, the 10 realms. Um, definitely the two strongest have been the Elder Scrolls series. Um, I feel like they, they made the system so easily and mm -hmm. accessible. Um, there's not a massive amount of craziness mm -hmm. and, uh, D and D, um, now 
I will say D&D to a less degree. Like I use it more as reference material. Like I'm stuck on something and I go, okay, I think that this would work, but I need something to reference against and to go check it and do it my whole self would be like a pain in the butt. Um, but then also like homebrews and just a lot of Wikipedia. Like I, like a lot of the systems actually come from like like smithing. I had to basically do an entire course on smithing to figure <laughs> out how rug route was going to do stuff. And then alchemy, I was like, okay. And I like basically spent two years reading cultivation novels um, from China and and uh, China and uh, Korea. And it was like, okay, I think I get how alchemy works now. And I was like, let's just make this a lot easier. And then kind of reference the two systems with Skyrim to go, okay, we're just going to simplify this to like three steps and then mm. not have to deal with all of the extra stuff because science. <laughs> well, because magic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, how we, that's how we fix everything. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I say that as I just finished writing a hard science fiction book. And, oh, oh, I love computing that stuff out. Uh, numbers are fun. Uh, how do you, yeah, the, the, that's a challenge, the, the, especially in the little RPG space of tracking all the numbers and the systems and referencing things. And this is like 50 amount of points or whatever it might be to in there. Like, I mean, how do you, can you talk about how you keep track of all that shit? Like, what does that look like? Um. So... It used to be horrible. It used to be in a notebook. Um, Emerilia was done in a notebook, which turned insane. And then I was hanging out with Dakota and we were writing something together. And Dakota was just like, okay, so we're just going to use Excel. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. And then he like showed me his Excel sheets and I was like, oh, oh, sir. Um, so yeah, he basically also half taught me how to use Excel. And then it was kind of funny because like, I think two years ago we were hanging yeah. out, we we're doing stuff on our own sheets. And then I was like, oh, you can just do like the shortcut. And he's like, ah, oh, you have learned. And then he was like copying it into all of his <laughs> formulas. And I was like, this is a very nerdy moment of like, just literally like, and it's not small. It's like six or seven tabs of Excels that are all interlinked. So you'll have like, here's all my stats. That's going to combine with all of my skills, which adds the modifiers, which refer back to that so that you actually have your numbers. And yeah, I, someone asked me, how do I do that for to make their own D&D campaign? Mm. And I like basically had to slim down everything I'd done. I was like, I got so much better at this by like removing like two thirds of it because mm -hmm. it just became so confusing to do. Mm. And also hours no probably days of excel worth of work per book <sighs> yeah yeah I, I i yeah i feel like i'd have to have like an accountant like on my back like a sacagawea backpack with an accountant on it where i would type then spin over and then have the accountant take over and then spin back like it feels like it, there's two different brains you're using the the creativity the flow the narrative going through it and then you're switching to the excel to the tracking of the numbers and the data it, 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 is it difficult to kind of merge those two types of brains together it's it's tricky but it can also be fun because it's like a challenge because yeah. then you can go okay i've got this and once you set up your excel and you just plug in the numbers it becomes much easier because it's like just having like a dnd sheet right you plug in the numbers you know what's coming up and then you just go i i don't know it's kind of like you have lines so you got to play in between them 
Mm. But you're always testing how far those lines go. Mm. And if I find a way to exploit the system, oh, you bet I try and break my own systems. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Like, why didn't I do this before? And then people are like, this seems broken. I'm like, trust me, it is. Yeah. And I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exploit system. They need to have some sort of God come in and correct it and go, not this time, you know, and just fix it or something. There's, do you ever share the Excel sheets with any of your inner communities or people on the thing to kind of say, this is what I'm working on to kind of have them cross track to check that things are going correctly? Um, so I've definitely had it before where like there's people who will track through all the information and they'll say to me, Hey, this is wrong. And I'll go have to go through all of the skills and titles and stuff. And it has happened before where I've got some stuff wrong. Uh -huh. Um, usually the stat sheet is right, but sometimes it's like, I put in the wrong, uh, level that they've achieved, or I put in like the wrong amount of XP and I'm like, Oh, I, I copied it in the wrong thing yeah. and I'll fix that. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, I, I like to keep it kind of hidden because there's usually yeah. like, it relates to the world a little bit. So I'm yeah. like, mm, maybe yeah. not. but now with like people asking, Hey, I want to do my own D and D campaign. I'm like, Hey, here is like, here's how I get the monster experience. Here's the skills and titles and stuff. You basically got to roll for them and do like an aptitude check to make sure that they could do it. And then it's like, you know, when you build firearms in D and D and you go, okay, well, let's do a check. Let's see how much you progressed. Are you good to go? Is there any modifiers and potions and things? And then we're off through the races. Mm. If you were to wipe the slate clean, right? And all of a sudden, like you don't have any of those Excel, you don't have, you don't have anything, right? And you're going to start fresh and, and make a, like a whole new series of a book, uh, a lit RPG book. How would you go about it? Right. What, with all the lessons learned, everything you got, what would your, what would your process look like from, you know, day one to day 90 or, you know, summarize of course, as to getting, to getting up and going in the space. So, um, I kind of actually have run through this really recently because I've got a new lit RPG. Well, game lit all right i'll say sure, game lit and sure. i'll let other people decide if it's a lit rpg because i know okay. that's still contentious um coming out next month and it's like i i went with a totally different system because i found leveling up can be really tricky mm. in just that there, there's either two ways to go either it's level up all the time mm -hmm. or level up very rarely um which is just kind of tricky so with the new series i'm working on what i did was it's like uh fps right okay where you have okay in some ones you go okay i want to have a gun so i need the resources to either make that gun or i need to purchase that gun mm -hmm. and then just work from there so then it turns it into it's really crafter based because you go okay, I need to either go and harvest all those materials to make these things to make that thing, kind of okay. like EVE online, or it goes, okay, well, I'm just going to spend a bunch of money to go and get those things. Mm. And then it's kind of that. It also, I wanted to do like a cross comparison, like free to play and okay. um, like pay to wins, you yep. know, and you go, yep. oh, you, you cheaty son of a bitch. Like you, you, you spent all this money and you got yep. all this really cool stuff. Like, why did you got a pink job? Like, all that kind of thing. Uh, but I found that was a lot easier 
because then also like all of the power levels and everything was a lot similar. Whereas when you're going with a level based system, you really have to say, this is why they're stronger. This is their strengths. Here's their weaknesses. So for every single person that they run into in the 10 realms, they go, okay, how strong is their body? How strong is their mana? How like, do they have much knowledge? How's their gear and stuff? And it's a huge cross comparison, mm-hmm. um, which is probably easier to do in a game than it is in a book. Um, but you, you kind of just get a, a feel for it, like an eyeball of like, okay, they're going to be in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely do probably more of an overlord thing of like overlord where they have like different ranks of hey, you're in this bracket, and that works, because... So if I understand you correctly, just so uh, maybe take a step back from this, what you're talking about is say there's different styles of, of leveling in a game. One being like you have these levels, or you have tranches, right? Where mm-hmm. um, uh, he who fights with monsters, right? There's, you know, uh, iron, bronze, you know, silver, gold. They're the more the more epics, right? And it has that inverted yeah. slope that just takes, it's quick to progress in the beginning and then other ones take decades and series, right? So it could take, you know, you know, dozens of books to get to the end of the series, mm-hmm. right? So that's, you're talking about, you'd prefer that style, right? Of, of, of the, of the epochs or the, or the different moving through these, these areas that kind of invert over time. So it takes hard and harder to get to the like runescape style. Well, to a degree where it just, it's harder to level over time, but then, I want to kind of look at that's the structure, but how do you get started? Do you do you research the genre? Then do you map out an outline? Do you look at your characters? Then you do you plan the magic system? What does it look like from that, from the overall structuring uh, of, of actually creating this book? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, so usually it's, okay, you start with the characters and you go, mm-hmm. what's their personality like? Okay. And then you go, okay, this is who they are. And then you'll just kind of, at least personally, I kind of go, okay, so what's their life like? How do they get to this point? And by doing that and the experiences, I'll go, well, I'm pretty sure they're going to have like this kind of magic, this kind of system. Mm-hmm. I feel like the reason that um, body cultivation and the East versus meets West system that came in the 10 realms was because mm-hmm. of the characters. It, it made it because they were like, let's learn this system. So it allowed you to really get into the depth of it and to allow more numbers. Um, It's what works with them because I don't think you could have Eric and Rugrat in a completely Chinese cultivation series because they would just be like, I got to wear robes all over the place. Like, am I wearing underwear at the same time? Like, what's going on? I am so confused. Like, they, they, their characters would just be, like, doing dumb shit yeah. for, like, literally the first two years of just, like, I, I, am I drinking tea? Like, what's the right way? Because they've got no, none of that societal stuff. They're fucking yeah. out, out for days. Yeah. Um, so I, I picture, by the way, it was, like, I picture, like, Rugrat in Japan wearing like American Speedos asking for ketchup on his sushi. You know, that's what that, yeah. those are the things that I'm picturing as you're describing this. But please, as I just want to get that visual out of my head, but please continue with what you're talking about. Just just putting it into other people's head. Yeah. I had it out of my head. Please, you take that. <laughs> I don't want it. You take it. It's but it's that thing of like, you know, yeah. like you see that scene, right? Yeah. You saw yeah. that scene if you go, yeah. oh man, 
Rugrat <laughs> is totally out of like he's he's this is not his comfortable place. This isn't yeah. the place where he can like be himself. Yeah. So it's it's beating that kind of it's a little different, but mm -hmm. it's a little the same. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's a playground really. Like you go like you like it, it also depends on what kind of situations you want to throw them into. Because mm -hmm. you're gonna you have to give like the system is their tool to win or fail. Mm -hmm. And everything's gonna be based upon that. Their emotional side of things is gonna be adjacent to that, but also interrelated to it. So yeah, definitely match uh, the characters to the powers so that they work well together and they can also explain it and they can also bring you in deeper because if they're not interested if the characters aren't interested in the system the readers are lost they're like well i don't am i supposed to care about this magic system does it make sense i don't know it doesn't make sense to these guys so yeah like getting into the nitty-gritty was like eric's thing yeah, and I remember them talking about cultivation techniques and how they can level up and what does it look like and the, the evolutions of who they are as they get through the levels and the desire to grind, right? And every every gamer has a desire to, to grind up their ranks and, and game the system as well. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, like, we love the a montage. Like, Rocky Balboa, like, we love to see progression. Yeah. We hate the weight. Right. So Rocky Balboa punches a punchy bag for 60 seconds and it's six months worth of work. We're like, oh, thank you so much. That's amazing to see. And and I, and I think there's a, there's an interest in seeing the progression, but it not being so much of a grind for the listener to go mm -hmm. through. And then you're talking about and part of that is being passion, passionate from the from the the persons who's actually living it inside your book world to, to be able to understand it and enjoy it, but also make it entertaining um, for yeah. the reader. Yeah, what you're so that that makes sense as as uh, part of what you're doing is you're you're looking at the characters, you're looking at their life's journey, then you're kind of looking at the system that you're creating and the experiences you want them to have, and you're going to run them through that system and the experiences you want them to have based upon their journey. And go how do they how do they mesh with that world, and then how do they how do they take that world and embrace it to make it their own? And mm -hmm. is that almost like there's kind of like a uh, I don't want to say a narrative trope, but there's a way that like, I'm a ballerina from across the streets. I'm going over the hood. I'm a white girl. He's an African-American. I'm going to come over and take my ballerina skills where I'm originally rejected to be a part of the rapper. And then I can in integrate my ballerina skills into this rap dance and then make it awesome. Is that kind of what you're talking about, about how there's this American-ness mm, of these characters and they're bringing it into this Chinese cultivation-esque area, but they're kind of then making it their own. Is that what you're kind of referencing when you're talking about so, that? So, well, like the systems, so the way I made the 10 realm systems was actually a matching of, I really love Eastern cultivation and Western mm -hmm. magic systems. And it kind of started as a thought experiment of like, could these two like work together? And it was, okay, well, we'll have cultivation, but then we'll have experience and we'll have mana, but it's actually chi or key, mm -hmm. key. right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, let's, let's match up these little pieces. Like instead of alchemy, like instead of like potion making, it's alchemy and, uh -huh. and like the same stuff with like, okay, let's like building the systems so that they worked nicely mm -hmm. with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. Also yeah. took a really long time to do. Um, 
those like months of like I was going through Emerilia at the same time and I was like, so this would be a really cool magic system. I have no idea how it works. And then it just kind of like like bit by bit, it would be okay, this could work and this could work and this could work. And then I was like, well, who the hell would survive in this world? And I, that's how Eric came to be. And then Bug hmm. came along with him. Do you, when you're creating that process, is that a whiteboard? Is that notes? Is that everything in Excel? I mean, what, what is that? What is that process of creation of blending these two? You, you write, okay, a Venn diagram with all the Western things on the left and the Chinese on the right, and you're just trying to get them together. Or what does that actually tactically, practically look like? So I use a lot of things. Uh, the one thing I, I have is like a, it's basically an online kind of throw board where it's every idea that I have and I'm like, oh, that'd be a really cool scene. I throw it in there. Sometimes I'll be watching movies. Sometimes I'll be listening to music and I'm like, this would be really cool for this kind of thing. And I throw it in there so that I'll pick it up whenever I have other ideas. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of like sandpaper of like, it goes, okay, well, these ideas are here already and I can run my other ideas against them to see if they actually are good enough and they're smooth enough to continue on to the next stage. Um, mm -hmm. Then I have, uh, I'll, I'll usually just sit there thinking about things like mm -hmm. not like I'll be doing my day and I'll be like, Oh, this is going on. This is a thing in the back of my head. Um, so even as I'm like writing another series, I'm like, that's really cool. I'm not going to actually focus on that right now. I kind of like let it build. And if after, like a year usually uh, I, and it's still there and it has like more physicality to it then i start going okay what's the systems let's start writing stuff down let's put down the excel for how this would work let's put mm -hmm. down the characters and see how they would work most of the time it's like i just have a pen and paper and i have a notebook with me wherever i go and i'll just write down the characters mm -hmm. and i'll write down the characters new again probably like 10 or 20 times just because I'm like, okay, well, I thought this and actually it's this or two characters that I had on different series will actually become one character in this new series. Mm. So characters will come from anywhere or even it'll be in that idea phase that that premise list, I call it uh, the sandpaper one that'll have, this would be a really cool character. And I go, that I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it in this because that would be great for this book. Mm. So then you're having these different phases. So it sounds like there's like an inspiration moment or kickoff that then goes into a research exploration phase where you're kind of exploring, you're putting things down in this, in this throw board where you're kind of chucking things in, you're researching, you're just kind of letting yourself explore what's possible and then you kind of writing things down, rewriting them down, rewriting them down, testing them against old cool ideas that have an emotional appeal. And you're kind of mm -hmm. doing that and down until they're until you move into the actual phase of execution of writing the book, right? Mm -hmm. Or going going through the book. What is what does that phase look like? The actual kickoff and writing the book phase look like? So I'm gonna say something that James and Dakota are gonna hate me for. Um Great. I've, <laughs> I've started. Uh, so it used to be I'd start it and I just go through to the end. And then what I found with the 10 realms was I started and I had like three false starts. So I wrote it and I was like, okay, Eric's by himself. Eric has like 
it was it was so much easier for him to progress and i was like nope we're gonna take that apart i was like that doesn't work then i had it changed again and i was like ah this this one doesn't work either so it came down to okay eric is gonna have this happen on earth and he's gonna be transported here with rugrat because the two of them as characters together work so much better and then the teacher figure got transplanted and changed into another character and so it was like the pieces were there the combination wasn't so it was that i had to be okay to say it was broken mm. and it was like each of those rights was probably a hundred thousand words which is why like james and dakota would like punch me because like if i told them they'd be like you you had the words and then you started again and i'm like yes but it's because you're finding the tone right yeah. you're getting to know them because you there have been a concept and it it they're they're super shiny you you're like they're like this mm. as soon as you start writing them they're like this and you you have to like match that up and be okay with it. And so they like hit that happy medium where you're like, okay, they're not going to be either of these things because this is the perfect person. This is, this is a horrible person. And this is the person they are. Mm. So mm. it works out like, but you like, you gotta be okay with failing. So you have uh, two false starts of a hundred thousand words, which I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a start. Uh, that's uh, that's quite the that you're you're moving through a, a hefty book series right there not a book a hefty book at that point um or at least the the, the beginnings of it um when you're talking about that what is the timeline like how long did it take you to to write like the two-week curse or like what is like a timeline for starting a new book a new book series from you know, ideation to, you know, okay, I'm going I'm to throw board this down to actually having the book completed. What's that timeline look like? Okay. Timelines are going to be tricky. I uh -huh. would say the idea to execution is, should be long. If, if like the longer that is. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's two parts of it. There's one, you have to make sure that idea actually works. And two, you have to make sure that it is interesting enough that it will hold you for a long period of time. And three, you need to start the damn thing. Mm. So as long as you have those three things, you're good to start executing. You should start writing before you think you're ready. Because as soon as you start writing, the problems will show up and you can clean them out. But you need to take that kind of it's okay for it to be screwed up right now. I can mm. fix this in post, right? Mm. So, so be okay with failing mm -hmm. and, and it's not going to be perfect. It's like any piece of art, you have an image in your mind. It's not going to be that by the time you're done. That said, once you finish the first book, that's when you can start putting down timelines hard. Otherwise before that it's set targets and achieve those targets. But as soon as you've done the first book, then you can go, okay, you're established in the world. You know the world, you know the characters, you know the systems. It, it's That's going to be where things start picking up. Mm. What do you think are the biggest 
roadblocks or misconceptions that um, people that want to start riding or people that want to get into the, the, the space, what are the biggest things that stop them from actually completing that first book and getting it out the door? Uh, it's not perfect. It's not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, like, like a lot of it is, is self-doubt mm -hmm. and disbelief. Mm -hmm. What I would say is, and I, this is the challenge I always put to anyone is, are you going to do not do this thing and regret it later? Like the, the number one thing that people talk about, and I know I've probably said this a lot is the number one thing people say on the deathbed is I regret not doing. I know that's why I started writing the very first series, the pre-fleet series, because I was like, I've been messing around with books for a long time. I don't know what my life is going to be like. I was doing other stuff at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this book. I'm going to finish this book and I'm going to publish this book. Saying those things, execute upon them. And then going like at any point I was like, I can take a pause now. I, I should slow down or all this stuff. And that doubt continues throughout. Like even now writing, I don't know, like the 45th book or something like that happens every time, but I go, Hey, do you want to finish this? Like is, are you going to be on your deathbed and go, I really regret not releasing that. Or I really mm -hmm. regret not writing that. That's mm -hmm. the core thing. If you wouldn't regret not publishing it, that's fine then you, you don't have to, you need to be brutally honest with yourself. And I think that will empower you to go, you know what, it might be uncomfortable, but I'm willing to go for, through some of that discomfort to do something that I will truly love and enjoy for the rest of my life and kind of do it in a selfish way because like, like start off selfish because you, it, at the beginning, you are the only reader. By later on, you can go, well, I'd regret not giving the reader the next book. At the same time, like, be nice to yourself. Like, there's a lot of people who like overwork themselves for all of this stuff. But yeah. That's, I mean, it's really interesting how you say it that way is, is, is the, the motivation because there's, there's the, the comfort is the thing that stops us and go, it's not perfect, the self-doubt, the shame and say, okay, but will I regret this later? And also selfishly, I am going to complete this book for me to get started, right? So you do it, you do it selfishly just to get started, but then you're then of service to people because the, the, the desire and the demand for everyone going, hey man, what happened to these characters? You said yep. there's 10 realms and I only see two realms and it's been 10 years. What's going on, man? And so, um, so it selfishly gets you started, but then of service keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And right. it becomes like a, 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 a beautiful cycle. If you maintain it well of people asking you, Hey, where's the next thing? And you go, here's the next thing. And it's kind of like you're in the secret club of you can go, I've got something you don't, but I'm going to share it with you and it's going to be awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's going back to that tension thing, you know, you're like, hey, it's been a little while, but we're going to give you that thing and it's going to be sweet. Yeah. You book tease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the entire that that's that's what an author is. You know, it's 90 percent writing, 80 yeah. percent book tease. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you're starting 45 books. How long did when did you start writing? 
Um, I think I started writing seven years ago and I, I, okay. I think it's like between 40 and 50, but then I think there's also like five books, just three series and five books. I think that I haven't released just because they didn't, it was that kind of idea thing. And I went, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted it to be at all. And I went, okay, I'm just not, I'm just going to put that to the side. I might take it up later, but I might not. So it's like, is that, am, I, am I doing the math right? That almost seven books a year ballpark. Is that, is that seven times seven is 49, right? Is that, yeah. what, we're, is that what we're talking about? So you're doing seven I books think, a year. So you're doing, yeah. you're doing a, a book almost every two months, every month, every two months, you're kicking out a book. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. What, what does your daily look like? Can you, can you wake me up with you? You wake up, do a, a large amount of cocaine and then just write the entire day or what is that? What's, what does it look like for you? It's pronounced caffeine. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's the accent. I apologize. <laughs> no. So yeah, like wake up. Um, I, I wake up pretty early just because there's less people around to like, mm ask for stuff but then i write with people here in europe anyway so like i live in canada uh, a lot of my friends are from europe from around the world and so we write together which is also like they're all like loud and chatty which is awesome but it's also like okay like we found people but yeah wake up in the morning um have breakfast usually like what i used to do and okay. I, I i would i would really tell people not to do this okay don't do your emails or your Facebook or anything like that. When you start, when you start, start on something that's like either the, the task you're supposed to be doing or something very adjacent to it. What I do is I start reading. I'll have my breakfast while I'm reading a book. Um, and then finish reading, finish eating, finish reading, start sprinting. And I sprint for seven hours. And then it's like a sprint is, is usually 25 minutes of writing five minutes off and then repeated. I do 50 minutes of writing, 10 minutes off repeated. I would not do the 50 minutes and 10 unless you've done it for a little bit. 25 and five is a great place to start. It holds your attention. You can run to the bathroom. You can do other stuff. Um, also like when I have that five minutes off, I actually read. So I get to write what I want to, and then I get to read, which kind of like reading takes material my brain or reading something different? different, something you, different. Okay. So you're writing, yeah. you're pick up a different book, whether it's your book or a different material, consume mm -hmm. that timer goes back, go back to that. And then you go back and forth on that for seven hours. Yeah. Huh? So, then ca so caffeine, caffeine the whole time, lunch breaks, no lunch breaks, like. Yeah, like in the uh, like, uh, what I'll do is I'll grab coffee and stuff. Like I'll start off the day with coffee, have uh -huh. like tea or stuff through the, throughout the day. You know, like whatever. Um, like in those ten minutes that I have off, essentially. And if there's like important stuff, I can do the emails. Then I get to the end of that. Then it's um, lunch, uh, gym, lunch, emails, and then the rest of the day is is clean up admin stuff and do meetings and then that's my day got it okay that makes seven hours of writing a day sprinting 25 minutes every second you're doing you're, yeah so you're doing 50 minutes sprinting per hour for seven seven hours i mean say even say six hours okay now i see how you're yeah knocking out uh, a book every two months that's a lot of that's a lot of the output um i mean it's more so than 
uh, I think a lot of people can do. I mean, if you I imagine amateurs versus your level of ability to have that attention and focus um, is, is, is really interesting uh, because I think a lot of amateurs want to write, but they'll spend 10 minutes writing, mess around for Facebook for a couple hours, maybe put another 10 minutes, whatever, whatever thing might mm -hmm. be, but it's not, it's not that level. How does, how would you recommend for someone to get to that level of like focus and discipline? I mean, do they, put their phone in a lockbox or what would you think to get someone to start to get to that point of, of that level of focus? I think because that's a, that's a really, I mean, I, now I can understand how you can output so much, but how do you, how do you recommend someone get to that level? Um, number one is to remove distractions. Um, uh -huh. So like, that's why I don't check my emails or Facebook or any of that stuff in the morning. Like I don't check my phone. Um, like, like here's the thing. If, if an emergency or something incredibly bad happens, right, is it going to be different in seven hours than it is right now? Like, that sounds terrible, but I know that I'm, I don't have to run off to yeah. go jump in a, a truck and go blow something up nowadays. So I know that seven hours really it's a day not much is going to happen unless certain mm. circumstances right mm -hmm. um so get that out of your brain um that's 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 first great thing but it's also because as soon as you start jumping between a bunch of different things you i feel like your brain starts chunking smaller so it goes I have to answer this email, so I need this information and this information, and this information. But it's like that kind of information. And your brain has to jump all those little jumps, right? And then when you sit down to write, whereas you were doing a lot of tasks for five to 10 minutes long, now you have to do a task that's 25 minutes long. Your brain's like, wow, this is so long. It's like listening to an audiobook compared to listening to music on a very long trip. When you listen to an audiobook, I feel like it goes faster, but I think it's because it's a larger amount of content and it's continuous. And you go, wow, that hour went by so quick. Whereas an hour of listening to music can be pretty slow sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the amount of books that you're writing and creating, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a drive there. There's um, a motivation behind that. There's a, a there's a, a dedication to that. Is there a holy grail flag in the sand um, or flag on top of the mountaintop that you're trying to achieve? Or what's the, do you have a holy grail purpose or a, a big goal you're trying to achieve by, you know, um, all of the writings that you're doing? Um, no. Um, like, like at the end of the day, like it's it's a love-hate relationship with yeah. writing i i love it yeah as it takes up a lot of my life um i don't know if i hate that but it's just a thing now um but yeah i know like i i i get to write incredible stories mm. and at the end of the day i like if i I, I could still be writing right now and it would just be for my own pleasure and that would be fine. The only difference is really when I said, I'm going to go publish this and I published it. And, but uh, like that for me, like a holy grail, I don't think so. Um, 
I'm still learning. Like I think think that I'm I'm very new to this. Of like, mm -hmm. there's so much more to learn. There's so much more to get better at. And for me, it's just the excitement of like, this is a weird thing, but I get so excited to get to the point where I can write a single page and someone goes, I love it. You know, like it, it grabs them and then holds them throughout the entire story. That, that to me is so much fun. And I'm, I just, it's so much enjoyment to me because I know I've had that with other books and yeah, I, that's, that's my goal. I don't know if I'll ever get there because it's like, it's like a moving yardstick. Cause I'm like, Oh, that was pretty good. Next one. Next one. And then, this is the next one. Yeah. So, so you're trying to achieve that Holy grail, like hook where someone reads and goes, Oh my God, this is incredible. And that polishing of the stone, right? That you're rendering mm -hmm. something down, boiling something down that is so tight, so compelling, so hooking, so, engaging that's that you can give this to somebody and then they, they just absolutely love it and that's the that's that the 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 moving goal post is that is that is that engaging content that's so well written that you just you just you make someone to a racist consumer of it because of it yeah no and exactly and i i think it's i the one thing to focus on is always focus on the craft focus on the thing that you do and only you do and just enjoy it get stuck into it and do it again and again and again because mm. yeah like it pays back dividends in so many ways um yeah you say late, late pays back dividends it it, play, it pays back dividends oh, okay. in it's in so many ways of like you know like you're never like unless it's a bad thing but you should like if you're doing something you love and sharing it with other people it's yeah it's it's a great time like of course there's going to be people who, who like say oh this is horrible and you go that's okay not everyone's gonna like it and mm -hmm. actually when people say it's horrible and you say where is it horrible that can help out a ton because then you go ah there's a bit of roughness there i can fix that now mm -hmm. so yeah no it's it's a it's a crazy crazy job but it's a heck of a lot of fun yeah yeah i i, I can feel it the if that's the like, if that's the holy grail, or this is the the ever moving goalpost of trying to create that ultimately engaging, you know, the 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 seven words that you could whisper into someone's ear so that they fall in love with you or your book series forever, right? And trying mm -hmm. to get that down to that point. The what is the dragon like? What is the big thing that prevents you from achieving that goal? Is there is there something that you feel is is seemingly insurmountable or something that you need to transform yourself in order to achieve that goal i i don't know if it's insurmountable um i think it, it really comes down i don't know hmm there there's two things craft and time and and having good people to tell you about craft and to tell you where it went right where it went wrong and also the time to play with it and know it and understand it. And I don't mean that you need to be writing for all that period of time. Some of the best writers I know are actually voracious readers. And then they started writing a book because they're like, they know the content so well, then they wrote it. And then you're like, this is amazing. 
it's like that with everything. If you listen to music, you really get into it, you love it, and you like live and breathe it, then you could actually possibly make a good song. Or you'll know you could learn something within that sphere that will help make that amazing song. Like it's there's so many parts and pieces to it. Like the like editors, copy editors, dev editors, you know, it's a massive, massive thing. There's not just me back here kind of thing. And rely on those people and have that support, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, Michael, this has been awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Um, so we did a little bit of announcement. Um, I think last Wednesday now. Um, but uh, we have a new series uh, coming out next month. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Ten Realms is still going on before everyone freaks out about that. Um, we have one more ebook to go with the Ten Realms. Uh, we have lots of audio coming out because we're re-releasing all of the old episodes, well, episodes, uh, books, um, and we've got the new ones coming up. So we've got new audio coming out next month, but we've also got a new series coming out, which is called Builder's Legacy, uh, which is going to be, I'm going to say gamelet, but I don't know if it'll be lit RPG. We're going to leave that up to the fans to decide, um, but it's going to be science fiction based, um, mm -hmm. which is fun for me because that's going back to how I started writing um and yeah it's it's really it's really quite fun it's kind of like a mix of eve online with the expanse uh, mm. if i was to make a comparison so if you're at all interested in science fiction if you like uh guns and mmos and rpgs uh definitely go check that out next month awesome awesome um and michael if people want to find out more about you or the books that you create how do they do that um, so I have uh, TikTok, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to go check those out, I know that Dylan's uh, got links and things. Uh, so he's helping me out a huge way there. Um, so if you want to go check that out, check that out down below, wherever that may be. I never know where these link things are. And uh, thank you so much for having me, Dylan. It's been so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. And when we post this on the Heroes of Reality website, you'll be able to go down below. There'll be links down there below so you can find um, where uh, uh, Michael and all of his book series are. So uh, Michael is absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun jamming with you on this topic. Um, have a blessed and beautiful day, my friend, and I'll, I'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. You too, brother. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.